podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's your rules live your best morning with bogo breakfast sandwiches only on the mcdonald's app now buy one bacon egg and cheese mcgriddles or sausage egg and cheese mcgriddles and get a second one free valid for item of equal or lesser value limited time only at participating mcdonald's valid one per day excludes one two three dollar menu visit mcdonald's app for details download and registration required Today I am absolutely delighted to be joined by a Clyde Bank legend, there's no other way of putting it, and Jerry McCabe. Jerry, thank you so much for joining me, how are you? Fine, Amy, yeah, fine, I'm just uh, twiddling my thumbs at times, no, thing like to do, you know, we've just been out football, it's the, the coaching side that you're in just now, but apart from that, you know, everything's okay. Twiddling your thumbs after about 43 seasons in football, something like that? Yeah, I think up until about two or three seasons ago, I think it was the first pre-season I'd missed and maybe 40 odd year. How does that feel, you know, when the fixtures are coming around again in pre-season? Yeah. You know in your head it should be starting around that time of year. That must be tricky. Yeah, so it was difficult at first, you know. Then I'm saying, well, you, you have to get your head around it. Maybe I'm saying at the time, the break came at the right time, I needed a wee break, but... When you're out, it's just maybe even a month, you know, you, you start to miss it and you say, no, this is not me, you know, I've, I'd rather be in the training ground and, you know, I'm back involved with the club, uh, some club in uh, some capacity, you know, that, that's that's the way I was looking at it. But then I had to take a wee step back and say to myself, no, look, take a break when you get it, you know, you may get a chance to get back in, hopefully you get a chance back in. So while you're out, I spoke to a few guys who'd been through the same sort of a... Rigmarole is myself, and they're saying, take a break when you get it. But it all depends how you feel about it. You know, some people were happy to break. And I wasn't say I was happy at first, but I accepted it. But then I was getting a wee bit, you know, itchy feet, trying to get back in. But that's that's the way it goes. After 40-odd seasons, it has to, you know, the, the constant has to be the love of the game. So where did the love of the game first begin for you? Where was the, the kind of dream to be a footballer growing up in Hamilton? Is yeah, it? I think just... At school, playing football every day, you know, we weren't, uh, it wasn't too academic. Uh, just couldn't wait to, till playtime and dinner time till we get the, the baseball boots on or the, the rubber we had. <laughs> and up the bottom, we used to just play football every day, you know, every school, you know, even my friends at other schools that were saying the same, you know, great, just we're playing football a day. And there used to be classes, like we were room maybe 10, we're playing room, room 11. and and then when the bell would ring, you know, you didn't want to leave the the, the, the wee pitch you had because you knew somebody would run up and score a goal and score a run and everybody was, you know, the teachers out dragging you in, so to speak, saying, playtime's over, you know. But uh, I think that's where I learned it. Then even after school, when you go home, the first thing you do is take off your school clothes and get uh, over the part and playing just maybe start off with five aside and you end up with about ten aside, fifteen aside. Everybody wants everybody to join joins. in. Yeah, and it was just one big area. You just played football, you know, and everybody that was that was our entertainment, you know, and at the time yeah there wasn't any obviously what's going on around the, the the kids with computers and things like you just made, made your own entertainment and it was always football with us, even gate to gate in the street because there wasn't many cars in the street yeah. at the time and 
playing the Kirby, you know, with the ball. It was always a ball, you know, and always somebody had a ball. That was, so for me, growing up, that's where, you know, they get the, we say later on when you do play, go on to play maybe amateur, junior or uh, professional level, that everybody will say that's where they get a bit streetwise and learn their football over the park or in the street. Was making a career in football a, a supported decision, you know, back in the day it was always about like getting a trade behind you and all, all those sort of things but a career in football was a was that a supported move? It was always a dream so to speak yeah, yeah I would always love to have when I'm saying got any a team you know when, when I say young I was I was young when I was playing but there wasn't a lot of boy, boys clubs around about academies there were no academies so yeah I went from playing school to you know, if you get noticed at school, there was a few clubs who came in for you, or you went into an amateur side, and that's what I done. I went, I went through probably the amateur side. A few of my mates uh, they went to three brothers. They went to school with the uh, Jim Boyd, George Boyd, and William Boyd, and the three of them went. One went to Crystal Palace, one went to Leeds, and one went to Doncaster. I think it was in the school. And I'm not saying you thought you'd missed out, uh, but I started playing amateur at 15. 16, you know, and you're playing with men. And, and I, the reason I got any amateur, I was walking through the park and I knew the guys who were on it. I was going up to watch the game and they were short of men. So they asked me if I wanted a game, me and my friend. And I says, well, I'm looking at these guys and this, we're playing against the best team in the league at the time. And I'm going, that's men. And he goes, come on, we're short of men. And honestly, we played, we could beat 5 nothing. We played with the best team in the league. We could beat 5 0. But really enjoyed it right yeah. and I'm saying this is great because you know you're playing against older men but they couldn't catch you, someone, aye, you know? but if they did catch you they caught you you know <laughs> so then they asked me he says would you like to sign I says ah oh, fancy ah oh, come on just see how it goes and I was there a season then I went junior you know I just things just was quite fortunate at that time you know yeah, walking through the park to you know to my friends and get a chance to play as much as I always played but this was my first really game a level you know where it was quite competitive and from there on I just went junior and when I went I was I was a club uh, called Tolk Star who was my amateur side the local and a few guys John Brogan who went to St John's and the guys like that played there before me and they had a good sort of a name for you know it was quite a bit of hotbed from Hamilton area you know and I went junior then the following season I was getting uh, clubs were coming to watch me. I scored a few goals, and I'm, and I was just enjoying the football. Yeah. You know, I was um, It's not as if I was going out there and saying a bit impressive. I was just, I was, I was playing with a couple of good friends I knew, and other guys I'd met, and with not a bad side. And then I was saying such and such is looking at you, such and such is uh, coming to watch you today, and I'm like that. And my dad was, my dad was, uh, he was a, he watched me for school everywhere, you know, and he actually he used to walk. From Hamilton to to Hart Hill on a Saturday wow. morning, I used to leave at eight in the morning to come and watch me just playing. You know that was how, you know. Then he was taking right interest in that because he thought I had a wee chance. Then Hibs came in, and well, I had a choice. I, I, I had a choice at the time. I didn't know at the time that Celtic had been watching me. Right. And I was supposed to go and try with Celtic, and for some reason it never happened. The first, I, I, the, I don't know, I, I, it never happened. So I thought I'd lost my chance and Hibs had come in for me. So at the time, Jock Steen had been in a car crash and it was Sean Fallon who was caretaker manager. And I was supposed to play a trial match on the Tuesday night at Fir Park. And I always remember it and Hibs wanted me through on the Monday to sign. But at the time there were no agents and there was one experienced player, a new friend of mine, and I wanted him to come with me just to give me a wee bit of advice. But the board at the time that Paul Kemmett Jr. said, No, everything will be okay, let's get through, you'll be you'll fine, you'll be fine. And my dad's last words when I left the house to get through, because I wanted my dad to come, but he, they've been, as I say, they wouldn't allow him to come with me. And he says, Don't you be signing anything, right? Remember, you've got a trial tomorrow night with Celtic. And I goes, Ah, don't worry, Dad, don't worry, I'll not be signing. So I went through there and they talked to me in it, because they offered me a concrete contract right, yep. and what was going through my, my head at the time I mean, I'm saying to myself I could knock this back here and go out with Celtic in the morning night and it might not happen yep. you know and so I was caught and and I signed 
I signed the contract. How old were you at this time? Sorry, I was uh, 18, just 18. I was quite late actually, yeah. 18, because I was playing junior for, I think it was two seasons of junior, yeah, but 18. And I'm saying to myself, right, well, that's me, I'm going to go full time football. So I was delighted with that. But I was dreading to go back to tell my dad, you know, because <laughs> he was like, Don't sign. <laughs> Don't sign. So, uh, so we walked back into the house, you know, at that time there was no mobile phones and nothing like that. And my dad's looking at me, he goes like, you didn't sign, did you? I'm looking at him, he goes, says, I did sign, Dad. He goes like, Celtic's just off the phone now, you know, they says, Celtic's just off the phone. You to report at half past six tomorrow at Far Park. He says, so you better phone them and tell them. And I didn't know what to do, you know. And I think it was, yeah, it was John Clark. I'm sure it was John Clark. It was in Sean Fallon. So I turned up phone saying, look, I went and signed the hips. This is OK, right, it's just a pity, you know. I just I'd like to have seen you in the game tomorrow. And my dad, I think he was just, he says to me, I always wanted you to see you playing the green and white, son, but... No, it hips. <laughs> it, it was a hips. <laughs> so anyway, as, but then he, he came round and he goes like, hey, look, good, right professional football you've got a chance and so there on but unfortunately I'd, I enjoyed it great hubs you know you're I'm training I'm getting up in the morning going through to training I'm training guys like Pat Stanton John Blackley John Brownlee internationals you know and I'm like, really strong hub side at the oh, time oh they were very strong Alec Edwards what a player he was and just to be in the same training ground with them and uh, well, Tony Higgins guys like that I met a lot of great guys you know and, and then I started to settle in and felt I had a chance here and I was doing well in the reserves, scoring a few goals. And I thought I'd get a chance, but Eddie, Eddie Turnbull was a manager at the time. But Eddie, you know, he had a strong side and it had been very difficult and you had to have a few injuries. And I think oh, once or twice I was close to getting in, but I never had gone. And at the end of that season, he released me. And... At the time, you know, I'm, I, what was going through my head, I said, I should have took my chance with Celtic, I should have done this, but, you know, but when I look back on it, my career probably would have went the same way, you know, because these guys, the experience I got with these guys was just, you know, and I still keep in touch with a lot of them. Yeah. You know, great, still great friends with a lot of them. Uh, we Pat Carroll, I was with them last week, and these guys who come through and part and that, they were just ahead of me in the Hibs team at the time. He was a young boy. They end up getting freed as well, they released in. But what happened when I get released, Celtic came in for me again, it was an under-19 right. tournament to go down to Manchester, but I was just too old, just over that. But I played in the game uh, at Barrafield, and when I was playing in the game, I thought I'd done okay, but it was Benny Rooney was taking it, and Benny says, look, I'd like to take you down to a tournament, but it was just, I think it was a month or two see for the experience and plus I met Kenny Dalglish first time ever he was in the dressing room it was a time Celtic went away to Australia <coughs> and Kenny stayed behind because he was going to Liverpool a couple of days and I was like oh you know at least I met Try Kenny yeah, yeah you know cause <laughs> Kenny was my idol and I'm saying well, at least I get that chance and I thought I'm saying to myself right it's gone now Celtic just forget it you know and I went away to Canada I went away to Canada for six months and I just thought I needed to get away and try and resurrect my career. You know, I know uh, saying, right, you're going away from Scotland, you know, and people think you've left, and that's true. But a great experience over there. It was the next two ex-Hearts guys, Jim Townsend, who played with Hearts, and Ian Snedden. And they were in charge of the team, and Ian was over as well, just playing. He was player coach. And I went over there, and I come back six months later. It was, it was a fantastic experience. And... Craig Brown signed me for Absolutely. Clyde. Before, before we get to Clyde, how did they sell Canada to you though? Because it's tricky, obviously, you you do choose Hibs over Celtic, it doesn't work out at Hibs. Was there concerns for you that you thought, is my career actually going to kick off here? Yeah. And then, like you say, not perhaps regret, but you think, God, if I'd just played that game for Celtic, yeah. I'd just listen to my dad sort of thing. Yeah. So how does Canada uh, get sold to you? What it was, when uh, I was too old for the under-19 tournament to get out of Manchester with Celtic, Benny Rooney, who was taking him. And Benny Rooney was good friends with Jim Townsend. I think they played at Morton together. And he said, and he says, look, there's a chance I can get you over to Canada. Would you take it? And I wasn't, a, I wasn't a long married. And my daughter was only a few months old. And I'm saying, 
what to do here. I mean, do I just stay and try and get a job and just maybe get in part-time somewhere or just take the chance? And I think because I was a wee bit maybe hurt at leaving, perhaps I wanted to go and prove myself. And I says, well, look, I might not get this chance again. And my dad was out behind me. He was, look, I would take the chance. I would just go, you know, it's a great opportunity for you. And when I went, at first, the first few weeks, even were terrible. You know, I was yeah. just so homesick. Because I was still young, Aye. you know. I was only 20, 19, 20 then. Then you were all coming up for 20, something like that. And I'm saying to myself, what am I doing? You know, I'm away the other side of the world, you know, family back home. And again, I used to, I was staying in this motel and nobody there, and I didn't know anyone. And my dad, I used to phone home, my dad, and I said, Dad, I'm going to get a flight home, I can't, I don't know how to handle it out here. He says, look, everybody's asking, everybody's, they're all asking how you're getting on and that, I'm saying you're doing well, so just stay there, you'll be okay. And like, <laughs> so anyway, it was a boy, Ian Sneddon, who had and his wife and his daughter were over there. They says, look, you, you've not happy up in the motel, we've got a base, we can come and stay with us. And then I went down there, I said, right, I'll try it. And after that, I settled in because it was, I felt as if I was at home. I was in a house with, you know, Ian and his, his wife and his, his daughter and that. Yeah. So I felt as if I had people around about me. Yeah. And I started settling in and after that, I enjoyed it so much. You know, the football, we travelled about all over Canada. And when they say the, the standard was... It was maybe championship here. Right. You know, maybe, maybe just maybe below, but a lot of foreign players played. A lot of Brazilians and... Right, yeah. Yeah, played. It was, it was taken off, the, the Canadian Soccer League. And I, I stayed there for five, it was five, six months. And then when I came home, uh, I said I had a club because it was on the summer season. Absolutely. So I said, I can't wait till next summer to go over. You know what I'm saying? I need to do something. Yeah. And my friend, Jim Boyd, uh, who'd come up from Crystal Palace, it was with Clyde, and he says, Craig Brown, what do you say? Speak to you when I come in for training. I said, I'll tell you, before that, East Dillon, uh, Billy Lamont. Right. Billy Lamont was a manager, and he asked me to come in, and, and I played a trial match. I had three trial matches they played, and I played one, and we beat Sinra 3 2. And I scored with a header, which is never happens. <laughs> Didn't even header the ball. So anyway, and we went three two, and they asked me to sign, but my mate he says, uh, "I want to speak to you because Clyde and Chanel were fighting for that league to see who won that league. Uh, well, they were the favourites between the two of them. So Craig says you're coming to us, and I says, "Well, come into training." And my mate was there, and. To be fair, I appreciate, you know, the, the opportunity he's still at the time, but Craig Brown, when Craig started to speak to me, I knew, you know, how highly he was thought of and assigned. And we won the league that year and we beat Shinra in goal difference that year. Did you? And now, uh, and ironic, when you look back at it, it was a game I played maybe in October, yeah. November, and we had uh, a trial match and we had, uh, East Stirling had beat Shinra, I think we, we beat Shinra that day. And that's what probably we won as a league that year. We won the league, but Jeez. don't get me wrong, it was it was uh, Clyde, I thought, were the better side, the better with better players. But when Craig came in and started to speak to me, you know, I knew that's where I wanted to be. And I think from there, I really knew I had a chance maybe going playing it on a higher level, you know, yeah. another level again after that. Because I was always going from Hibs Reserves to Canadian football, Whereas I was always wanted to prove myself, but yet I could do it. And obviously, grateful to Clyde and Craig, you know, for giving me that opportunity. And obviously, you were you were Craig's first signing um, yeah. as a manager, so is his, his yeah. first job at, at Clyde. Obviously, Craig Brown as as the player that the, the name speaks for itself as well. So, how did they kind of sell it as a, as a managerial point of view? Because this was all just new to him as well. I think when we went in, you know, the ambitions uh, Craig. Being the, the you know the type of person he was and he was a very good speaker, you know Craig and says well says well we try to you know we win this league you know we could things could really take off in here and all the reputation you had guys like Stevie Archer was there yep Stevie was there uh, playing at Clyde at the time uh, we Jerry Marshall a lot of good players uh, Rob Ferris no, Brian Ahern. Yeah. Neil Hood, was he still there? Neely, yep. yeah, Neely was there and you know, I'm looking, I'm saying it's a right good side here, Aye. my mate as well was in there, he was a centre half Jim Boyd and I thought, 
looking at you know the players he had and the experienced players and the few good young boys, and I'm saying probably this is the place to really kickstart my career again and try and you know establish yourself and see how you know how how I could go to that next level. And I says, and the more good players you play with, the better chance you've got. And after I, mean, I played my first couple of games with Clyde, you know, I really settled in. I loved the place, loved the fans, and it was great for my dad. He was just up my heart, you know. Didn't have to walk to Hart Hall and things. <laughs> just walked to Rutherglen. Easy, uh, easy. But, uh, aye, and he settled there. It just, it was, I think it was the right place at the right time. And my mate still takes all the credit for it. He says, it was me that kick-started your career. Obviously, so, uh, obviously. Cost me a few bob and beer, you know. But. <laughs> You've mentioned the names that, that Craig Brown kind of inherited and then that you brought in yourself and a few others as well. But in that title winning campaign, sorry, there was only 20 players used as, as a whole, which, going by your expression, there you, there you go. But do you think, obviously, that's a totally different... That, that actually can't even be imagined yeah. nowadays. You know, it's such all about big squads. But that was really just a team. You know, that's only nine guys not playing at that at that one time. Yeah. So, do you think that unity perhaps helped in the in the league win? But for for you as well, because this was your chance again in, in the senior game yeah. in Scotland. Yeah, I think you're right. You've done your homework there. But, you know, I thought actually because I thought we had a big squad, but you've got to remember there was a reserve football there at yes, the time as well. I, so, which was players were kept regularly playing and the players weren't injured as much as I feel they're injured now you know I yeah. look at players now and I'm saying how can I be that so long and I'm saying we, we wanted to play Aye. you know they just strapped us up I'm saying because you knew if you're out of the team was, you, you could be find yourself back diffi- in. yeah difficult to get back in because everybody was wanting to play guys didn't they weren't they happy if they were sitting up a stand but I feel a lot of players feel like, oh, I'm sitting up a stand I'm okay get my wages and that <laughs> whereas that's what we trained all week, two nights a week we trained in. But we we all wanted to play and everybody, you could see it in the training, everybody wanted to be in the starting 11. You, you, you hated getting took off, you hated being on the bench. And I think it was just, you had the right core, maybe as you saying, 17, 18 players, maybe that. everybody wanted to be in that first team and playing. You know, a couple of younger boys came in and they got introduced if there were any injuries. But they knew as well, you know, as soon as the experienced players were back, they would be back in the team. But as they get, as the season went on, and you're thinking, if we get many injuries, and I think we we're quite lucky, quite fortunate, I mean, we didn't have that many injuries, and any injuries we did have, maybe a week or two at the most, nobody was out for a length of time, unless it was a broken leg or something <laughs> like you know. So the continuity we had, and you know, the the players. Or a close knit, you know, and I think you could see that for a lot of teams at the time, because they didn't have big squads, you know. But and I think maybe that helped us that year because it was uh, it was regular goals. Although we lost, uh, we lost. Uh, would you call him Stevie Archibald? Stevie went to Aberdeen around about January. He scored the the winner against Queens Park at Hamden in the first of January. I remember, it. and Stevie signed for Aberdeen the second in January. So we lost him, but guys like, you know, Jerry Marshall, who was a good striker, nearly and that, and guys came in. And you always, I think, Craig, I think Craig was the attraction as well. You know, he could attract players, and he knew, you know, if they had to sell them on, they'd move on because every club, you know, needed the money at the time. Absolutely. How, how much do you owe to, to Craig Brown? I know your pal as well, but how much do you owe to, to Craig Brown? Oh, look, I could, you know, although... I always say Craig was my first real manager in football. Right. Although Eddie Turnbull signed me, you know, and was a great coach. Yeah, Eddie Hibbs and well thought of. And, but I didn't really have a connection with You know, he didn't speak to you much. He didn't... Uh, he, he was more interested in the first team, which is fine, you know. But whereas I had this sort of... Uh, no, friendship, you could call it friendship, but Craig was always good at talking to you, you know, he'd always like, you know, and he, 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 he sort of a hard side to him as well, you know, let you know if he wasn't happy with certain things and that, but he knew how you get the best out of players yeah. and, you know, and I think everybody appreciated the way he is and he still, you see him as, you now, you know, every time I, I, I meet him and all that, you know, and we'd start talking about the, the Clyde days, we went to Wembley with all the boys and that, and it was just, it was one he, he, he loved sort of a, Family orientated, you know, within the club, within the, the the team as well, and I think a lot of people could turn around and say they would have Craig Brown a lot for their careers. And I'm certainly one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you scored against Clyde Bank. Do you think that ignited your move? Might have. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? 
Whatever well, there goes. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> was that no, never a header. I'll tell you, I remember how it, it happened. There was a guy called John Brogan who played right back, and he got forward and he he played the he cut the ball across the face of goal, and Jimmy Given actually cut it out, and it just fell and I hit it outside my foot low into the big gal, big Jim Gallagher's bottom hand corner, his left hand corner, and we won one 0 and. You know, I was delighted, obviously, I was delighted that I scored because I didn't score that many. And when I joined Clyde, eh, when I joined Clyde Bank, I used to remember Jimmy, I think you set up my goal, maybe probably you get a move. I said, I'm sure it was you who cut the ball out and it fell me. And he did remember it. And Big Gal, and Big Gal goes like, oh, should I move quicker to get down? I said, but I was in the net, Gal, you know. And maybe that did, you know, because I think I, I went with the Scotland semi pro at the end of that yes. season. And Bill Monroe was in charge, and I didn't know it was interesting. Another good tournament over, we, you know, we, I think we won it. Yeah, we won that tournament. And then when I come back, you know, I started pre-season uh, with uh, Clyde and Craig Brown says Clyde might have come in for you. Uh, uh, nothing happened over there, you know. I, I know Bill because I played the uh, the three games they require, so he picked me, you know. So I thought, I mean, you like me, you know. Uh, so when I come back and Craig says to me, like, Clyde, I'll put a, a bid in for you. And I says, all right. I said, I'm quite happy here, you know. <laughs> but then, obviously, things just moved quite quickly. And Craig says he, he was up at the coaching course in, in Clyde and Jack Stephen came onto the training ground and gave him a cheque for me. So he, that's what he told me. He says, so you're off. I've got the cheque now. You need to move. Club so. record fee, £55,000. A lot of money back in the day. Yeah, I, I was arguing with boys. Boys were saying 50 and I was saying, no, I think it was 60, you know. <laughs> so we went, Keep adding. <laughs> went in the middle, it was 55. Yeah, it was at the time, yeah, it was quite a lot of money. Yeah. And I think the club at the time needed to sell, you know. I think Craig was, as much as, yeah, I think we'd love to have came but it was always my ambition to try, you know, you know, Clive would get into the when we get into the championship and saying, Fine, you know, if I'm here, I'm here. But if somebody else came in and uh I got the opportunity well, the club needed the money, I wanted the money, I'd just go along with it. And Clyde Bank I thought were a really good side. And Davy Cooper, God rest him, Davy just left and he left in seventy eight, I think, Davy and I went in the eighty. And funny enough, me and Davy played together in Hamilton District School team. Wow. To, and Davy was a midfield player at the time, and I was a winger. Right. And we played with the, uh, that's that's true. And when we played in the Hamilton District side together, and when Davy went uh, professional, he became a winger, and I became a midfield player. I mean, I didn't. And Davy wasn't the paciest, you know, but the trick obviously could deliver. But when he played in the midfield with Hamilton District, it was superb pass. If you see at that age, you know, what really a good player this boy was. Going night you know. to the top. He Sorry. was going right to the top. Oh, definitely, definitely. Then when I thought maybe that's the pathway to go, Clyde Bank, then I might get a chance again. You know, uh, we no disrespect to Clyde Bank, one of the bigger clubs. And it nearly came along a couple of times. Well, we'll uh, definitely come on to them, but you are without doubt a Clyde Bank legend um, in the Hall of Fame and, and all that jazz that comes with it. But it wasn't the easiest start for you at Clyde Bank. So... Does that demoralise you as well? You've moved from the comfort zone off Clyde, yep. um, where you were happy with a with a great manager, a proper man manager yeah. behind you. But things didn't start off quite so well. That's right. I, I found it quite difficult to settle in at first, you know. And I know they paid that money for me, but I wasn't really thinking about the money. I was more interested that Bill Monroe had, you know, put his faith in me and he came there. I and mean, we yep. did struggle. I did struggle for a maybe even half a season, maybe a season, half a season anyway, at least. And I remember Bill saying to me, just go and play your natural game. You know, I was trying too hard and, uh, you know, I was, I was, I felt comfortable with all the players, good players there, very good players. But I'm saying, maybe I'm, you know, this is a higher level, a better level, you know. And, but I fitted in at the training and I felt, you know, I didn't feel out of you, but I'm just saying, these guys are producing consistently. Whereas I was, I was, I was playing below par. I was definitely felt I wasn't at my best, you know, when I first went there. So I says, I just need to keep believing myself, keep working. And but unfortunately, Bill left. Yep. And the 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 week he left, I scored against Rovers. We won four one or something four, and 
for there. And but to be fair, when Ford Bill left, and he says, "Look, I brought you here because you know the type of player you are, and this club suits you. So you go and prove me right and how good I was, how good you can be." And I says, "I was a wee bit distraught that I'd maybe let Bill down, yeah. you know." And but Sam Henderson was there with him, and Sam. Um, Sam used to chat to me, you know, come in and, and Sam believed me and Sam really liked, you know, the type of player I was. And for some reason, it just sort of a changed and I started to show what I could do, you know. And But for before that, you know, I felt, oh, did I make the right move? And, you know, you're always questioning yourself. But as I say, I was more disappointed about leaving. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that, that second season, things do start to go a little bit smoother. But back in the day when it was, well, Division 1, you know, there was Motherwell, Hearts, Kilmarnock. Right. It was yeah. a really, really competitive yeah. division. Yeah. And it, it was tough to be at the top. Well, Clydebank were only probably one of the, the part-time clubs. Yeah. We were part-time. But as with many good players, you know, but the, I think the, before that, just saw guys like Mickey Larnock, you know, the... Frank McDougall, all yeah. these guys come through the ranks and top players, top players to play, you know, going in the careers I've had. And, you know, Jack, they always say Jack had an eye for players and that, and I'm saying, the question is either now, <laughs> signing me. But 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It was, yeah, it was difficult. As I say, his mother was full time and hearts and a lot of big players played with him at the time. And a lot of, you know, they'd... they'd Probably bigger uh, base, uh, bigger fan clubs than us. Yeah, base, you know, the, the fans that they had, they used to travel in numbers and they used to sell out Tynecastle and for part, they used to maybe seven or eight thousand, maybe ten thousand. Whereas we had a couple of thousand fans at home, but didn't really make any difference. They were so loyal, they, they went yeah. everywhere, they went to the way games and other. But maybe. The problem we'd have we'd had a few injuries, you know, we'd be able to cope with it because when you, you know, when you're playing against these teams, uh, you need to be on form and they'd have to be off a wee bit of form. But I must admit, every time we played Hearts and that, we always give them a game. They always, you know, for some reason they didn't like playing against us. Uh, we, held, we held our own, but I think that year uh, we we didn't go up, we missed out, and we we sold our two best players, strikers, Bobby Williams and Tommy Coyne. Yep. So I was a wee bit up my arms about that because I says, well, I want to leave, you know, I'm going in there and I'm looking at Jack and I says, well, there's a transfer, I'm on away, there away, you know, why you keep me, you know, and selling them? He says, you want to build a team here and win the league and I said, well, we can knock back the money. So he just goes lying and we looked at it, he just tore it up. <laughs> so that was me there and I says, eh, well, what's happening? He said, well, we'll build the team again and we'll get, you know, and we end up, we finish second. I don't think we win the league. I think St. Johnson won the league, but we get promoted. Yeah. Any of the, the top league, you probably know. Uh, and I felt, you know, well, we equipped to get you know, but we all wanted to be there. Yeah. We all wanted to be in the top league and we knew we'd we'd players and the, the club were maybe talking about going full time, but never, ever happened, you know, never. And I think the first year we're up, Relegation was avoided for some reason. They were, I think they were trying reconstruction. Make, eh? Reconstruction, yeah, you're right. <coughs> so we stayed up. This is like <laughs> we're still in the league for another season, now. Right? So we're on look for a pair of ice. Says, no, it <laughs> but, uh, but we knew it was going to be difficult uh, because we were a part-time club and you know a full-time league. 
but there was still some top players in. I mean, they, they, I think they sold Bobby Bobby Williams to the Rangers for a hundred thousand, Tommy to Dundee United for about sixty thousand. Uh, but Jack was good at that, you know. He was good at selling players and getting money. But for some reason, they just I would if we'd have got a chance to go full time, I thought would have been more attractive and would have stood more of a chance. But Mark Trainer, guys like that, they, they they went to St Johnson, went to bigger clubs. Jerry Ronald, who I thought was a fantastic player, just ability second to none. I think Jerry was maybe quite happy playing when he was. He ended up going to Morton. Then, if I'm, I'm going to be honest here, I think as much as I was there, I think it was seven seasons I was there, anyway, but I think I overstayed. I think I got a, was interested at Celtic were coming in for his David Hayden and all right. this, yeah, and so it was, that was me way up again. Yeah. Anyway. That was a time when I was really, probably hit my peak, and it didn't happen for some, yeah, and Mullow tried to sing me the day we were... The first game of the season in the SPL, the Premier League, we were at the time. Mullow, we were drawn against Mullow to play the first game at Fur Park, and Mullow were on the verge of selling Gary McAllister and Ali Mocklin to Leicester City. Right. So Tommy McLean had come in and asked me to sign. I says, Well, you need to go through the club, you know. And he says, Well, I hadn't, I hadn't signed a new contract, and, but for some reason they didn't want to go to Tribe, you know, at the time they thought, Mr. Steedman had people in high places and they would get treble the money and all this. So that it never materialised. Then Hibs came back in for the John Blank was at the manager right. at the time, so I was sure speaking to them. Yeah. And Kenny War, I think, was the, the, the chairman at the time. And again, it was through there. And no mobile phones, so I'm sitting through there waiting to go inside my Hibs. And they says, look, the chairman's got uh, the wind up on my wee bit. He says he's no one to take a chance and go to a tribunal with you because Mr Stephen I've got a lot well I'm through here now and I says I think I was 28, 29 at the time and I'm saying you don't have to pay much for me yeah. you know and he says well they don't like to get a chance so I left Hibs come back through and John Blackley apologised you know John was desperate to see me because he'd seen me at first time yeah, when I was first and he was disappointed I was disappointed and then when I went back to Clyde Bank Mr. Steedman was disappointed. He says, now I've got a disappointed player who thought he was signing me hubs and it's fell through. But I didn't, I just got on with it. But then I knew maybe after that season if it's time was coming to an end for me at Clyde Bike. And <clears throat> as I say, maybe I stayed one or two seasons too long. I, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I could have maybe missed the boat in getting yeah. the move, uh, a move I thought... Not just deserved, but I'd have loved it at the time, you know, to go to a, a club that was going to challenge and that. We always seem to be, you know, and don't get me wrong, I think Clyde might be punched above our weight many a season. Maybe beat Rangers, you know, we've run Celtic close a few times, beat Aberdeen, beat the United in the League Cup. You know, we could, we could do it in one-off games like that, you know, we, we, we could rise to the occasion. But I just felt, you know, we're always... Bridesmaid and never the bride. Exactly. You put it. You could have put it in. I could have put it anywhere. The reason, obviously, Clyde Bank wanted you to stay for so long is that time in in the first division as well. I think you won four first division player of the years. Three, I think. Three, yeah. three. The first one, and then do you know when three in a row. I won three in a row. You won three in a row, but then what about the first one up against Pat Niven? I know that was the first. Mo Johnston's. Yeah, that was the first time I won. I, I won it. Th- yeah, I won it. 82, 83, 83, 84, 84, 85. I think. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, and Pat was in it and more. Yeah. What a good company. You know? Yeah, a good company. And look where they went. Exactly. So <laughs> when you're seeing those kind of guys you're up against as well, is it Donald Park was the last one as well? Donald Park, yeah. yeah. Be Donald, um, yeah. That was... is top, top class. So as you're seeing, you know, the big moves and the big moves came for, for Tommy Coyne, who you were playing with, yeah. Bobby Williamson, uh, Mike Conroy was there as well. All That's the right. Time. Did you kind of feel like we're saying Clyde Bank were, you know, bridesmaid, never the bride? Did you sometimes feel bridesmaid, never the bride? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I felt, you know, as much as I love my football there, and you know, I was, I'd say, the, I don't know whether the the winning the, the player of the years went against me a wee bit, right? Because it gave Jack a wee bit, you know. Well, I've got the first division player of the year here. I could get this for him. I could get that for him. Yeah, you know, and 
as much it was great, you know, individually winning those, but you know, obviously the team, I could never have done it without the team. And uh, I, I started to think, you know, is this what's keeping me here? Am I here because, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a fixture in the team and playing every week? And, or is Jack, you know, is he pricing me out of the game? And that's what I was questioning, things like that. And all these things I was saying, because, and a lot of the players I spoke to played with so-called bigger clubs kept saying why you not get a move why you not coming here why you know and as much as I'm saying well I'd love to be going challenging we're playing in a cup final you know going challenging for the league and whether it'd have been good or not I don't know but uh, I'd have loved to have had uh, the chance to go and prove myself that I could be you know because I'd played against these guys and always held my own and I, I knew I was I'd always believe in my ability and but to be able to play in maybe a Say uh, Dundee United, Aberdeen, you know, well Celtic, all that, you know, would have been able to produce that consistently. And I thought, yeah, I think I, I would have had a relish the challenge. Yeah. I had the chance to do it, you know, I'd have certainly do it. But I could say that about a few players at Clyde Bank I thought were good enough. Jimmy Fallon was probably one of the best centre backs I've played, played alongside. No, the biggest read the game great. Moria Sweeper, yeah. as we were saying, talking about earlier. Yeah. But great, pretty great. And I th- Jimmy was here 15 years. And I'm saying, 15 years, Jimmy? I've got another seven, eight, eight to go here. <laughs> and, but Jimmy was one of these guys who could go and play at top level. Uh, Jim Gallagher, the goalkeeper, fantastic. We went away to the semi-pro tournament. Jock Steen actually said at the time, if he was a bigger or a more fashionable club, he'd have been in the Scotland squad. You know, and you're saying, they say, well, how did these guys not move? They don't get the move and that. Were they quite just happy and content? Which I don't know. I think if the the right offer would have come in, maybe Jack would have took it. But is it, I've no regrets. I know the might thing the way I'm sounding as if uh, I wanted to leave there. I never ever indicate. Well, I did indicate once. Once he sold Bobby and Tommy, I says, "No, I need to get out of here." But I must say, I spent the best part of my career in playing football with Clyde Bank. Absolutely. You know, although, although Craig and Clyde gave me the chance, but that was my best spell. And I wish I did, as I, the only thing I say, well, very regrets. I, I'd have loved to have got the chance to go and maybe test myself at a higher level with a bigger club. Yeah. Because then you, you stay in the, the top division, Premier League, whatever you like to say, whatever you want to call it. But did you feel a step up going to Hamilton, or did you just kind of feel. Kind of on the same wavelength. Sideways, yeah. Sideways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, well, it was my hometown. Yeah. Yeah, and John Lambie came in for me. And I, I'd actually had four spells with Hamilton. But my first one, I was 15, year, 15. And I left. I was doing okay, and I left. My dad said, no, I'm not happy with you down here and other things. And so I left. And I was saying, is it good to play with your hometown? You're in, you, you know, you get beat, you know, you're... You're right on your doorstep. Yeah, you're right on your doorstep. You're in Hamilton, you're meeting the Hamilton fans and that. To be fair, they were great with me. I loved it when I moved. It gave me a... Gave me a because I thought at the time, can I do any more at Clyde Bank? And I remember we were playing Hamilton and Hamilton had put a bid in for me. And Jack said, if Hamilton beat us today, you're not going to Hamilton because that means that, you know, I'm giving you... I'm giving them you... And they've got every chance to stay up. We're fighting them for relegation. Uh, rival. Yeah, rival. So I think we drew, but then I think the Monday I was away. So I went and yeah, I had mixed feelings when I left. You know, happy to join in my hometown club. You know, they had a good side. I like Taylor, guys like that, and Jamie Fairley, all these guys. And uh, I knew the guys all just played against them. I never played alongside them. And I'm playing my hometown. But yeah, it was a bit of a wrench leaving Clyde Bank. Although, in my head, I knew my time was up there. You know, I, I could uh, get the same feeling getting into pre-season training and saying, right, let's go, we're going to get this, we're going to get a really good season. I think when there's, there's a time you say to yourself, right, time for a move and time for, you know, you just recharge your batteries and get going against somewhere else. And as I says, I loved it at Hamill, you know, because it says you always want your hometown to do well and with some good games there as well, you know, I've played... Put Rangers out of the Scottish Cup. Absolutely. Yeah, I was on the bench that day. That was my only uh, disappointment with the manager at the time. But, you know, games like that, we some really good games at 
then against Celtic Rangers there, you know, we'd always done well, done well against Hearts and we always seem to do well against the bigger clubs then after we put Rangers out of the cup we come up against some other local rivals then lost. Absolutely. So you're you're still playing in the top division in Scotland where yeah, you should have been and and you rightly were, perhaps obviously at another club. So so why the move out to Ireland? I think after I left Hamilton I went back John Clark. Right. Uh, John Clark was a manager of Clyde. And John asked me to come and play and I, I, I always liked John, you know, I always liked him mm-hmm. as a person and so I said, yeah, I'm going to give it a go back to him all. Well, we were actually sharing the ground at uh, Farhill. Right. Because they were in the stadium and we played at Farhill. So John asked me to come back and join the uh, Clyde. And I went and I really enjoyed uh, going back to Clyde. You know, older pros who were coming back, you know, they were with a more of an older team, including myself. <laughs> and... And the reason I went because, you know, John had been at me a few times, at me a wee while, you know, he said, why don't you come back to Clyde? And I said, right, OK. And I'm saying, maybe my career's taking a full circle. But uh, I have to tell you this, we were playing in a tournament up in Ben Beckler. Clyde, Air United, I think there was two the Highland teams playing in it. And probably I, when I was, we were going across the boat to Ben Beckler and John was talking to me. And then, yeah, Enjoying it, uh, blah blah blah, and he says to me, "Do you know the uh, the time you're supposed to play? Uh, remember the trial match with Celtic at Fir Park?" And I says, "Ah," he says, "Do you know we were signing you right after the game?" And he goes, and he says, "We just wanted to see you in the game." He says, "But we actually the forums, and you signed me up the day before it." <laughs> and I looked up and goes, "I'm saying," and I'm looking into the water, and we goes, "We're going to boat." <laughs> I says, um, my dad had passed away by that time and I'm saying at least I don't have to go and break that news I don't know how I told my dad that yeah. but he says to me we're actually just going to sign you after the game and phew, I just that then I'm saying he says do you wish it would have tell you now I says aye no. but then I'm saying on the other hand I felt well he must have thought it was good enough I was just going to say that then do you feel almost like a, a validation that you know I, I was of, of Celtic quality yes, of Celtic yes. calibre yeah yes uh, then I, when I spoke to him about it he goes oh, definitely that was with the forms and I goes right okay uh, but as I say it was it was good to hear it but at the same time what if Aye. what if but you know I, I, probably there's many players that have played football and come up with that same era could have there's you know stories that have happened with them you know they nearly signed with this and they could have signed with that but as I say that's probably the only regret as I say is never get a chance to really go and play a top club but apart from that the people I've met in the game and still keep in touch with and the play, great players I played against and played with you know I, I would never change that I know the financial rewards are much better now but you can't have the memories you know the the, the people you've met but, uh, oh, you were sorry, I railroaded you there because no, we're talking about going to Island there. Right? Aye, it's, but that was it, that was my, yeah. my experience with Clyde again. But yeah. I'm glad I went by and played with him, you know, because I still, you know, I've still got to keep in touch with a lot of the people who are still involved at Clyde, you know, I love to see them doing well, you know. So, memories again. Memories, that's what that is what it's all about. But as you see, you you went out to Ireland and, and you went back to, to Canada as well. What attracts you to Canada? Because that's, I think, is it three... Three, three spells I had three in Canada, yeah. And I was over there and when I left Hibs, then I went back, but the spell I went back, I'd already signed with Clyde the following year and Craig eh, Brown let me go over for the summer. Right. It's only for a couple of months. He says, well, if you're going to go and play football and that, he says, just don't get injured, he says, and that's what you want to do. So I went back for a couple of months because the pre-seasons, the, the close seasons at that time were, you were off for about two months or something. Mm-hmm. So it was a Scottish guy who asked me to come back and play with a club called uh, Toronto Italia. Right. So I took my mate Jim Boyd, he was over as well with us, and but he got called back because he was going to Muddle, he was going to sign with Muddle. I says, how's he going to move and I'm still here? Anyway, <laughs> then the third time I went over, it was Paul Sturrock who right. put me, he used to go over there coaching a place called Victoria. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Vancouver Island. And it was Scottish guys that were running this team called uh, Victoria Vistas. And I got a phone call out of the blue from someone who said, do you fancy coming over for the season? Uh, we're bringing another Scottish player over. It was Alan Evans. Hey, Alan, who yeah, played yeah, yeah, absolutely. His family's going over. My family, he says, we'd like to bring the two years over. You know, we've, we've got a bit been looking for a bit of experience and you've been well recommended by Paul Sturrock. Obviously, I knew about Alan, you know, European <laughs> Cup winner, champion. <laughs> okay. You know, definitely knew about Alan. So I said, fancy. So I got in touch with Alan and we met up and we went over. I think we went over in May and we came back and it was great. It was one of the nicest places I've ever been in my life. And my daughter was only 13 at the time, 12, 13. She just joined secondary school. And my, my other son, uh, Denise, Denise was 13. Kevin, Kevin was nine. And he loved it. He, wanted his, he was in the school team and right. playing the school team. My daughter was missing her pals back home and she would get a letter now and again. And, and we're saying, we got, a, we got a chance to go over there and stay. And even when the football was finished, and I'm saying, this could be a great place to live. Great. Really? But my daughter couldn't sell. Aye. So that's what made her turn back home. We says, look, well, they, uh, was, uh, I was saying I was wanting to stay. Uh, a wife at the time, she says she wanted to stay. She says, it's been great. And I'm saying, right, we'll stay. But for some reason... Something was drawn me back, yeah. you know, so to speak. Absolutely. And my daughter, I think she just made her minds up. So big element away on to Australia. He made a, he went over there to do coaching in Australia. Him and his family. He gave up everything. Uh, uh, he was with Leicester at the time. Gave up everything to go over. Within three or four months, he was back in England, back in Scotland actually. And we just come back. Then I got a chance with Cork City. Absolutely, yeah. And it was my friend Mick Conroy. Yep. Who Mick played with Celtic. Yeah. And Mick was a player coach over there. And I met him at a coaching course. And he says, would you fancy coming over to Ireland? I said, I don't know. I might have done enough travelling, you know. I'm <laughs> uh, everywhere, every time. I think I'm trying to settle down. Exactly. You know, somewhere. Just back. I'm just back. Just back. Just back if you can. Do you want me to go to Ireland? So he says, why don't you come over? He says, for a couple of games, see how you feel. I says, right, OK. Right. So on the way over pre-season, played Chelsea on the Sunday, but I'd missed that game. I played Leeds United. Gordon Strachan and Gary McAllister that were playing with them. So I think it beat us 2-0. Then we played Celtic. Liam Brady was in charge and we beat Celtic 2-0. And then this posse for Hamilton over. Exactly. All these fans, they're, they're all shouting, you give me abuse on the park. I got some of them tickets and they gave me abuse. <laughs> so uh, after that game, they asked me to sign. I'm saying, oh, I don't know if I can handle this, you know, because I was going over there myself and get home maybe once every six, eight weeks. But the lure was... They'd drawn Bayern Munich in the UEFA right. Cup. Wow. Right. Mike said, We've got Bayern Munich UEFA Cup. He says, Come over for a season, see how you feel. So I says, Right, I'm going to give it a go. So I went over and we got to the cup final that year. We get, we played Bayern Munich, we get beat, we do 1 1 and caught with them. Right. We took them to a rugby ground, right? right. And the grass was up to me. <laughs> and big, uh, excuse me, Alan McInerney was with them at the time, but he was injured, but he's okay. He's in, and he's, he's in our dressing room, he's going, they're rattled in there, they can't handle this. You know, they're looking at this grass, look at this. Grass, look at this. It, was, it was just like big scaffolds on fans <laughs> hanging through scaffolds. Anyway, we scored after about seven minutes, 11 minutes, 1 0 up. Dave Barry, everybody's shocked, you know, and they equalised. We drew one each, so. We took over the following week, we back and went over to Germany. And when they came to Cork, they, they took over Jury's Hotel, they took up about nine, nine odd rooms. <laughs> we were over of there, I think, we had about, I think we had about five rooms five. between everybody. <laughs> they had rooms for, for the boots and their kit and everything. So anyway, we went over there and I always remember it. We got to the Sheraton Hotel and, or, and, and we got an invitation to go to the beer fest. This right. was on the Sunday, me and I. Yep. The beer fest was on the Sunday and the game was on the Tuesday. So, big, 
Alan McInally and that says, look, you didn't be a fast day. Bayern have got their own tent, you'll be all right. Just, just kind of a couple of beers and that. So, oh, what was that? The Irish boys, oh, we're going there. So I says to Mike, sure we should be going here? I says, we've got this game on Tuesday. I said, I was just going for a couple of hours, you know, just we'll make sure what we're doing. Very good. <laughs> so once we get in this tent, right, and all the boys were just coming up with these big jowls of beer and everything, and I'm saying, seriously? Oh, okay, it was not a Tuesday, so they're all giving it a Yahoo. And for some reason, the press hated Stephen Evenberg over right. there. They thought, I don't know what they thought of him. So they're coming up, uh, he'd put things in the paper, we're playing a team of old men, and that will take about six off them and all that, right? So, saying this is a headline, do you fancy, you know what he's got to say about it? And they're trying to get the boys to put beer out of his face and all that. And we're like, hey, hey, hold up, you're getting set up here. I said, we're going to get set up. says, and the manager says, don't be doing anything stupid. So the boys are, you know, orchestrating the band and giving it Yahoo. I says to make a couple of beers. But the next day we were training, right? So the manager gets everyone on the bus about 10 o'clock at night. All right, everybody on the bus and the boys are trying to walk out with big, aye, walk, we, aye, walk. And they're saying, I says, we can't even see if you're going to get done here. Aye. So anyway, on the bus, next day training, we're training right outside the Olympic Stadium. And the manager made a run for two hours run 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 we break run the Bayern fans were watching they're saying this must be a crazy what they do is run you know <laughs> never seen a ball so anyway that the headlines in the paper was Cork City prepare for their big game against Bayern Munich uh, Cork City's first training <laughs> session uh, and preparing for their big game against Bayern Munich blah 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 and so this is off we get here tomorrow and we get we get beat, we're, we're going to get slaughtered with the press. But anyway, the press was, a lot of the press was over, they were all giving it Yahoo and the usual. So anyway, we're driving into the, the, the pitch, you know, into, the, into the ground and that. <coughs> and we left and Bertie Volks actually came on with bus. Uh, he was staying at the Sherman, so he came on and the bus and the boys were all shooting, <laughs> just usual, you know, a lot of banner and that. And so they're all singing, get in the bus and it goes like that. Get in here. And you don't know what you expect, you know, because the Germans were, so they, yeah, exactly. they were still they were still sore about the first result. Yep. So we're out and played the game. No, no, half time. And the manager came in at half time and it was up in the big lights. Uh, Bayern Munich nil, Cork City nil. He said, We've just sent shockwaves around the world. Bayern Munich nil, Cork City nil. And we were all, oh, we hadn't even touched the ball, we did a run because we were just zipping the ball about. And we were like, that. Oh, still the second half to go. So one of the boys just picked up. He's a funny guy, you know. He says, come on, lads. <coughs> We're on a hundred pound a man here. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and everybody just started laughing and that. And they just relaxed everybody, you know. And we went back out and we actually had a great chance in the game. I think we were about 71 to score. And the ball came across to the boy who was saying it was a funny guy and he was kicked in front of goals. And we had about 7,000 fans here. Jeez, oh. But I think there's a lot of people who worked in Germany. And I... And they were changing names, like the pubs was Gunter Murphy's, they were just changing it for a night, so they would attract a company. Absolutely. So, it was about, I think it was about 14 minutes ago when they scored, then they got a penalty the last kick of the ball, uh, uh, Christian Zieger, and the goalie nearly saved it. So we got a lot of applauds, but coming off the, after the game, and we're saying, thank God we didn't get a two thank Aye. God, because uh, they've been sold out, the, the, the thought was just a Mickey Mouse team, and over there, just for the for the socialising that, which wasn't the case, it was the case on the Sunday, you seen some of the boys, but uh, with the way we played the game, you know, it was just, it was the effort of it was just, and they were, they were full of plod- the press was full of plaudits, and the best bit was after the game, the boys, some of the boys had any strips, said, you got a strip, I've not got a strip, I need one in the strips, and all that, so the Germans are going to roll again, because they only beat us 2-0, the manager, I think it was Jupe Hinks, I think he was the manager, and he's giving them a blast in the dressing room. He's giving them verbal and shouting. Oh, the boy just bashed right into the dressing room. And the big, uh, the big uh, hamper was lying in the middle of the floor. And they're just getting in and grabbing it. They're just lifting, coming out with socks, slips, and, and everybody, they just oh, sat still and they're all looking saying, what's going on here? The boy said, thanks for the strips. And then just, just whipped up around it, you know, to exactly. make sure they had yeah, yeah. make sure they the souvenir. But, the trip in itself, you know, Some great experience. experience. Yeah. Oh, what an experience, you know, for, for you know, a part-time club to go out there. Although some of us were full-time, 
to go out there and get a result against, you know, you're like 3-1 in aggregate, the Germans, you know, you just probably feel they can only 6 or 7-1 in aggregate, you're just saying it's not a bad result. No, it's not too bad, exactly. And then the career kind of just dwindles out and the, the, the big move never really does come. When the career is dwindling out and you're just going like club to club, just kind of stoning about, is it tough to keep going or is it more just, I don't want to hang up the boots, so whoever will take me, I'll go? Right, when I come back, I'm trying to think now, I mean, when I come back, yeah, I was, I was 37. I got to offer to go back out to uh, Cork, but Mick Conroy, he retired. Uh, Mick said, no, I'm not going to play anymore. So I said, well, if you're not playing, I'm not coming out, you know. So I come back and I went to, who did I go? You'll tell me, but uh, was that Broth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Broth. John Brogan, my friend, was the manager. Yeah. John, I went to school with John, and John was a profit goal scorer played at Hamilton with John and he says what do you think I says I don't know John I says, he says come on just come on try it you know and I still wanted it but I'm saying but am I, am I just playing out time you know am I, am, I, am I you know really pushing the boat out now you know have I still got the legs for it I still felt fit enough you know but could I contribute what I, I wasn't going to be able to contribute what I did 10 years ago you know uh, but he says look you're experiencing as I say, I've still always I felt as fit as any of the lads. So I went up with John up to our broth, although we trained at Perth. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the season. And at the end of the season, I don't know if the Brogy quit, I don't know if he quit. And I was going to stay in for another season. And I says, I, I think I've had enough, you know. But, but I'm saying to myself, I think maybe because it was the travelling. <laughs> and I says, I think maybe if I get some local, I'll stay local. And I end up... Going junior, going junior, Shelton. I think if you you'll be able yeah. to tell me, I'll tell you what happened there. No, I didn't. No, I went over to Belfast in between, didn't I? I don't <coughs> no, I went to Glentorn. Yeah, I went to Glentorn and see when I come back from Cork. Yeah. Sorry, I would come back from Cork, and Cork wants me back over, and I went up to the north and Glentorn phoned right. me, so I went over there and I had a season over there, and it was a great bit. The Glentorn were a big club over there. But it hit hard times financially, not just financially. The Linfield were throwing money at it, Portadown were throwing money at it. Uh, <coughs> and they got left behind a wee bit. But I had a great see, I enjoyed it over there. And they asked me to come back for another season. Saying by the time I come back, it'd be 38, 39. <sighs> no. I says, no, I'm not going to travel anymore. You know, I, although I was going over on a Thursday, I was coaching with Hamilton at the same time as well. I had a part time job in coaching the. And the, the the kids at Hamilton, the reserves and that. Then I left. I, no, I still was still was with Hamilton. I was flying over on a Thursday, training on Thursday night with them, playing a game on Saturday and coming back on a Sunday. So this went on for the season. Then they offered me an ass and I says, right, no, that's it. And that's how I went with Broth and I come back and joined Brogan. Asked me, he says, come on, play for another season. And when I left there, that was it. I said, right, no more. And I got a phone call from Shelton Juniors. And he says, you fancy another season? I says, no, I'm 40 now. Because I wanted to play, I was 40. Yeah. I always had it in the back of my head, but although I kept saying, oh, I can't have had enough, but always something when the season's going to start again. I mean, you're like, oh, no, I want to be training, I want I to be playing, I want to, I want to give it another go. I think I'm okay, because one day I'll not be able to do it. And I went to Shelton. And the funny thing was, I went there, I played about three or four games. And Bobby Williamson phoned me. Bobby says, eh, what are you doing? I says, I'm playing. He said, play me who? I said, I'm playing junior. When are you going to chuck it? So Bobby's a terrible. Bobby chucked it in his 30 or something. Yep. He says, why don't you come and join me? He says, Alec Totten's been, just been sacked and uh, they've asked me to take over, uh, take over at the end of the season. He says, we do well here. Maybe someone come out of it. If we don't, at least you'll give it a go. I said, Bobby, I've just signed with Shelton. He's... <laughs> You want to play with Shelton? I'm giving you a chance to come in here and work full time with me and come on is, is he serious? I'm going like that. Aye. And he goes like that. He says to me, No. He says, You can't. You, you can't. You know, he says, You'll, you'll do yourself in. You'll break your leg. You'll do some. You'll have a heart attack running about. <laughs> I says, Right, I'll come in my condition. You let me join in at the training. Right. And he says, Aye, right, okay, right. Just come in here. So I, I left Shelton. And then the next day he, with Bobby and we took the train at Kilmarnock and I really enjoyed it. I think it was only in a couple of days at first. It was, 
and Jimmy Clark, along with Jimmy Clark, so the three years and we're sitting bottom of the league. And, and he says, look, we just need to try and get off the bottom of this league. We stay up, we'll get a chance of this job, you know. And Bobby wanted to uh, do the management side of it anyway. I still didn't, I, although I'd done my coaching badges, I was still, in my head, I was still like to play football, you know. But I was joining the training that. So then we started to get a few results. And that year, we got to the Scottish Cup final. Yep. You remember that? And we won the Scottish Cup. We avoided relegation. Gary Holt scored against Aberdeen, I think, with three games to go or something. And it kept us up two or three games to go. And after that, it was their seven seasons. You know, we got, when we won the Scottish Cup, I think we got offered a contract before we won the Scottish Cup. So it was quite, you know... I think they were the job's to safe, aye. Yeah, the job's safe. So because we'd done, we'd escaped relegation. And we got a three-year contract. And then we get another two, and then we get another two. And I'm saying, just shows you. Bobby says, are you like to be on playing junior with And I says, OK, I'll let you win. You've won that one, you know. See that, that Scottish Cup, the, the, the win there. Because you'd never had that major trophy win in your in your playing career, does it still mean the same in that coaching capacity? Yeah, well, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, never won a big, a major trophy. But at the time, it felt, you know, this is huge. Yep. This is huge. But the, when it really sunk in, it was when we came down at John Finney Street, you know, after the game. And the crowd was phenomenal, fantastic, you know. Uh, you're just looking and you're saying, this means so much and to achieve that in my first season in coaching to, to win the Scottish Cup. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.